I finally broke down and uh, it was not going on sale after months and months and months and so I decided to pay full price for near near automata um, and Did you uh, say it automata or automata well I don't know that they say it in the game so I, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know for sure uh, uh, wow, I've been he's saying really automata. a genius he put out a game that nobody knows how to pronounce he, <laughs> just the beginning of uh, his brilliance. Yoko yeah. Taro, man, it, it 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 really is it really is great so far, and like, uh, like I don't know, I uh, um, there's something about like Square Enix games that like really does like work for me. Like there's something about like the way that they do music and orchestration and like design characters and everything like that that does like press press some very special buttons in my brain. But then you know, uh, um, the element that Platinum added to it uh, uh, here, which was you know actually making combat fun. Uh, uh, which Square sometimes yeah. <laughs> has difficulty with uh, 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 is a nice added bonus over last year's Final Fantasy 15. I, now, does this? Oh, sorry, you go. No, for it. I actually enjoyed the combat in Final Fantasy 15 from what I've played of it. But yeah, I from the demo of Near, like it's one of the like it's some of the best like that of that style of combat like I've ever played. Like it's just I, absolutely I, fantastic. I don't know what the demo shows, but like I, I and I didn't even I didn't look I don't actually like look at that many like previews or anything of games. I like kind of just become tangentially aware of the ones that I really want to play and then I don't want to like spoil things for myself, which is completely the opposite uh, of how it is with movies uh as we were watching um cell phone clips of of the last Jedi a week before it was released, but I do digress. <laughs> uh, um uh uh and so I don't know if you guys I don't know if what's in the demo or not, but like the game does a lot of switching between like top down Galaga style yeah. gameplay and then to like side scrolling sequences. And then, yeah, you're sort of more traditional like platinum games, uh, uh, revengeance, open world areas kind of stuff. Uh, um, it really is very, very cool. But in terms of music and in terms of sound effects and in terms of voice acting, it feels like jrpg it hits those conventions well i actually think that the music you know there's interesting they do interesting things with the music in the game i actually am like pretty impressed with the like orchestration like they do stuff where so uh, um they'll have the same track but different elements get added to it based on like where you're standing so it's like there's like a driving like rhythm happening but then it will add like horns and stuff if you're like on this if you're talking to a certain character or if you're like walking up the stairs it adds like a very cool cinematic quality like it, you know the, and plus the world of near is like weird and interesting and it's got like a big weird you know our robots you know our ai's uh, capable of thought japanese storyline like i love it like every Did you play oh sorry go for it. every Keep game on. this year that i played like you know uh, uh suddenly became contender of like game of the year for me like there are it's like too hard to even you know uh, uh, to work out what would be the game of the year for me because every single one seems to uh be like something special uh, um you know all to itself now i, I didn't play the original near but I didn't I did, either. I did play Drakengard, like, God, like, at least 10 years ago. So that's what the Nier games, like, come from, right? Like, that was, they were, like, these weird, like, we got, PS2 we games, right? like, ending D of, like, Drakengard. Not even, <laughs> like, it, it doesn't even come from the game itself, but it comes from, like, a side cutscene. That's so funny. It seems kind of interesting to me that... Uh, the bad ending. This is the, the, yeah, the, one of the bad endings. <laughs> it, it's kind of interesting to me that... Uh, you know, you're seeing it with Yoko Taro, you see it with uh, Hideo Kojima, you see it with uh, Grasshopper Interactive. The Japanese are not ready to give up auteur theory for their games the way that the AAA Western developers are. They're not ready to give up, like, the 
the one person with a singular vision sure. as the uh, as the game director. That Miyazaki, see, Dark me, Souls. Sure. I mean, uh, absolutely. Uh, there is sort of a an avatar. Is that your Miyazaki, Leslie? Yeah, absolutely. That's kind of funny. That I didn't even think about. They're both me. You got two Miyazakis. <laughs> the true and, Miyazaki. The true <laughs> genius Miyazaki. Hidetaka Miyazaki is the only true genius Miyazaki. We should Sorry. do an episode. We should do an episode at some time just called Miyazaki, and then it's just all about Dark Souls. <laughs> <laughs> so here's my question. Here's my question. Why do you think it is that in the West... You, you you have seen auteurs and you have seen stars, and this is not just video games, movies, and TV too. The brands are the stars here, right? Well, In Japan, seeing, oh, they still are. I mean, you've got like Final Fantasy fifteen, but the voices of the people behind them are elevated in a way that they are not in, in Western. But then media. I mean, like you're using, you're using Hideo Kojima as an example of this. And he like very, re, very recently got pushed out by, by Konami. You know That's what I true. mean? Like yeah. we're, we're seeing it happen on both sides, uh, uh, on all sides, really. Uh, uh, there's badness on both sides of, uh, the Pacific ocean. Uh, um, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. Like, I think we're seeing, I think we're also seeing good stuff come out of like American studios. Like I, I, well, Wolfenstein 2 is not American, so maybe not, actually. No, that was, um, they just that felt was Scandinavian. American. It well, just felt American. Well, JDB, to your point, I think a lot of it is just, like, our Western perception of it. Like, it's easier for us to uh, think of, you know, this one, you know, foreign genius who's responsible for this fantastic game as opposed to um, looking at the broader picture of this full studio of people yeah. who are putting out games as good as what uh, is put out in the West. So it, a lot of it is just kind of like marketing, right? That's like true, they're, right? Like, they're, like Kotaku's never going, Kotaku's probably not going to go to like, you know, from software and interview 15 people. They're going to want one interview with the top guy in charge and that oh, guy well. gives that interview and then he becomes, you know, the, the genius. The well, hilarious, how, Hilariously, the only time they will interview a one specific programmer is when there was one non-Japanese last name in the credits of Zelda. So they just found the one white guy who worked on Zelda oh to go God. give him a special interview. What was it like as a as a white man? I mean, it was cool. His story was cool, but it is funny that they were like, hmm, like, who should we single out? They <laughs> like, always uh, do that shit. Whenever they talk about anything like J Japan related, they do like what a like lazy freelance journalist. Well, not even lazy, but a broke freelance journalist well, would have what to could, do yeah, what is just find the person who already speaks English as opposed to <laughs> any <laughs> Kotaku used to be like Brian Ashcraft's weird diary of like, yeah, I woke up today in Osaka and I had noodles, and I bought some hentai and an Xbox game, and then, like, the next day, it'd be like, I played the Xbox yeah. game and watched that. Back, back the when Kotaku was good. <laughs> yeah, that was the good days. All I'm saying is he should have learned Japanese by now. He, yeah. should, he shouldn't still be interviewing <laughs> white people about Japanese culture. It's lazy Do you, do you know Japanese, Leslie? No, uh, I speak a little bit. Um, probably uh, enough to... I've interviewed lots and lots of Japanese people, so I never interviewed a white person to talk about uh, Japanese <laughs> stuff, and, and I did that with no money and no support. So maybe uh, Kotaku could do better. Yeah, but yeah, but you're but back to the you know the Western perception. That's really interesting because we talk about studios and less about auteurs here, but usually through brands, 
right. we talk about the developers or we talk about the publishers. Well, we, I mean, there's, you know, Cliff Blazinski, of course. So <laughs> there's Cliffy B and John Romero. See, but and, here's the thing. Like, those guys are fading. We don't true. hear John about Carmack. those guys. I mean, when was the last the, like, time you actually earnestly heard about John Romero or, like, American McGee? Like, they're <laughs> gone. And, 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 like, that's, like, the system has sort of said we don't need these people anymore like when I, when I woke also up today, they're I not like sure a, the, I'd be it, answering the question when's the last time you heard about American McGee <laughs> but uh, I guess I'm glad that I am <laughs> yeah I mean I love Dallas I mean Bad Day LA was fucking terrible but like whatever I, it was like the same thing with Daikatana like one bad project and it's the same yeah. thing the, the problem with the auteur theory and problem well, first of all it erases all the team right which sucks but and then we, also like sometimes like look, you make something and the team is not that good, and then you get blamed. Like, yeah. It works both ways, you know what I it, mean? It like, does. Like, auteurs should be like, actually, it's the whole team. So when they make something bad, they can be like, what a fucking shitty team that was. Huh? On to the next thing, everybody. <laughs> and that's why, like, uh, I mean... Throw that's, your employees under the bus. That's what I'm trying to say here. Hollywood, but Hollywood has been doing that. Hollywood, um... Hollywood is now, like, in the gaming system in the West are now sort of in lockstep on this. Like, yeah. Like, best example is Walking Dead. Like, go through, like, five showrunners, like, kill, like, three stuntmen. Like. Yeah, which, but, you know, they have to pay uh, $15,000. Yeah, like, they're the, OSHA like, fine. The, like, what they pay for Red Vines for, like, a season of uh, of Walking Dead. Uh, but but, but, but I, that, I, that's really good for the life of someone that they, whatever. I do, guys. Uh, so the, the point is, is that, like, we are seeing in the West the fading of the auteur, both in video games, movies, the only world it's sort of allowed of the singular stars, probably music, but that even the you know oh, the, that's the money. Is- well, have you heard a Taylor Swift song and seen the credits? It has fifteen <laughs> producers, and yeah, it the, sounds the like it for, has fifteen producers. The credits well, that's, for Taylor Taylor surprise, Swift songs though. are like the uh, uh, effects credits on a Marvel movie. Like <laughs> that's what it looks like. Yeah, one of her songs is like going to be like if if the alt right ever gets their ethno state, they'll I don't know. They'll, they'll pick one of her songs to be the new national anthem <laughs> of a white man. It'll, but it'll be. Um, I don't want to sound like conspiracy theorist, and I'm not. But I do believe that Taylor Swift is a white nationalist. No, I think she's. <laughs> yeah, I, pro- choose I, think, I choose to. I choose to. I choose to believe Taylor Swift is a Nazi because, first of all, it's funny, and second of and all, it's true too. It's probably you know <laughs> we can't say it on the record. The way, the way she's true. treated Kanye, she's got a very litigious team. That was fucked the, up. The way she's treated Kanye is yeah. To hear the full episode, subscribe at patreon.com slash struggle session. Like what you hear? Want to hear more? Check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or strugglesession.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.